Welcome to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Today is Monday, November 18th, and I'm joined for the first time on the podcast by a very good friend of mine, Alex Cantor. Alex, how you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to be here. It's good to have you here, and we're going to be seeing a lot or hearing a lot more of you because this is the first edition of our weekly NBA deep dive here on the Pineapple Couch. We've mainly done football, but now... As NBA season is under full swing, we're going to be doing weekly NBA check-ins with Alex, as well as some other segments that we will introduce today. A reminder that you can subscribe to us on iTunes at the Pineapple Couch with B Rob, as well as you can tweet at me at Rob Stark or at Alex. What's your Twitter handle, Alex? Um, I believe it is Blue Striped Shirt. All right, blue striped shirt. You can um, send us voicemails for questions or just tweet at us because we're going to start trying to do a little more voicemails here on the pod. All right, Alex, let's get into the NBA. There's one place for us to start, and it's kind of a sad place, unfortunately. Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors. They have two wins. Two great, great wins. It's... um. I mean, I don't remember. I guess when LeBron left the Cavs the first time, or I guess the second time too, such a drastic drop-off in talent on the floor. I mean, literally a year ago on or in Oracle, you had KD, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Steph and Iggy on the floor at the same time. And right now you got Pascal and then a bunch of guys I can't even name. I mean, have you been watching these games? Isn't I mean, I watch it, but it's kind of like on mute in the background because it's so depressing. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's it's tough to watch. I mean, for the last you know five six years, if you're even including some of those Mark Jackson, Harrison Barnes years, um, mm-hmm. we were we were great. You know, fun to watch. Um, Oracle was always bumping. Great environment. Great environment, and I I think that. It, it feels a little different. It almost feels to me like, you know, you know, I speak to a lot of people and they're always saying, well, it almost seems like the Warriors can just take this year off. And it, and as, yeah. as sad as it is, it, it almost feels as like fans are doing the same thing. They're like, you know, you watch these chase center games and it's, it feels a little different and it feels like people are going to be thinking to themselves, you know, we'll swing back next year when, when Clay and Steph are back on the court. So it just, I it mean, feels ex- weird. I couldn't agree more. Um, <clears throat> often people, when they were like moving, a lot of people were saying the Warriors, like, or even as they were getting good in Oakland, they kind of outpriced their true fans. But Oracle, through and through, their entire time there, the team was so good that the crowd was electric. But I mean, we're recording this on a Saturday, and it's going to come out on Monday. Last night, the Celtics played the Warriors. I mean, it's a Friday night game against the Boston Celtics, who are the best team in the Eastern Conference right now, record-wise. And there's like no one there in the first quarter. And it's just, it's crazy how quickly it fell. But I do agree with you where it seems like not only the fans, but the team in certain aspects is fully f- focused on next year. It's like, this is a wash year and it might be a blessing in disguise. What do you think about that? I, I really think it is. And I think that, you know, when those conversations were going on in the off season, you know, that was surrounding the idea that, you know, Steph Curry is going to come out. He's going to put up, you know, 32 points a game, uh, you know, five mm-hmm. three-pointers a game. He's going to be a serious MVP candidate. I think that always worried me a little bit because essentially what that meant is that Steph was was going to become a workhorse. And I, I just don't think that his body could have handled it. And even if in, in these first, you know, 
five, seven games before he got injured. You can just see it. I mean, he's getting thrashed out there and it, and it was, it was tough to watch and it would have been tough to watch for 82 games. Yeah. It seemed kind of like unnecessary miles to put on Steph when you know, you don't have clay. I know that's not like the most competitive thing to say, but clay not being there is so much bigger than his offense because He's arguably, I mean, you could argue between him and Iggy, who's a better defender. Most people would say Iggy, but Clay is up there. And so you lose three wing defenders and Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, and Clay Thompson. So I going into this year, the just lack of depth at the wing, I mean, they have Steph Curry's brother-in-law. Like, doesn't he, like, starting right now, Damian Lee? It's just ridiculous. But I just think it's good in a way of you don't have to put those unnecessary like minutes on Steph. Like he doesn't have to try and be James Harden this year for a four seed and to be eliminated in the second round. You know what I mean? And so they can also though, which I never thought this would happen. The Warriors are the worst team in basketball. They can get the number one pick, and whether or not they want to keep that pick because that'd probably be smarter for salary cap reasons, or package that with D'Angelo Russell, who's going to have all year to take as many shots as he wants. They're going to be able to do something. What do you think about that? What are your thoughts? Do you want to keep the pick? Like, how do you feel? I think that I want to keep the pick. I mean, I think it goes back to salary cap reasons as well. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what our ability is to then, you know, send that pick off for another, you know, 25, $30 million a year contract. I, I just don't think exactly. that's possible. It's probably have to be paired with D-Lo. It, it would. It absolutely. And, and honestly, you know, I think this, there's, there's two things to this. One is that if, if we can get an, uh, let's, let's, let's say that the Warriors somehow win this lottery. Right. And we have the option yeah. of taking James Wiseman, which would be wow, awesome. Right. That'd and be great. And I think that I would really like to see a D'Angelo Russell, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson full year. You know, I, I think that it would mm-hmm. be from from Bob Myers perspective. I just think it would be a waste to have such an interesting asset and not give it a shot. I completely agree. Um, James Wiseman, obviously a little controversy around him in um, college right now, but that would be what I kind of, when you were saying that, what I was thinking of is I was thinking about the Spurs because you have Tim Duncan and like Tony Parker who were older or Manu and they were passing it on to that next generation of Kawhi Leonard who left unfortunately for them, but also other guys like Patty Mills that have been in the organization for a while. So I do think that that kind of makes sense to keep D'Angelo Russell and that young guy with Steph because for the longevity of the franchise, I mean, Steph's maybe the best leader in sports. It, I I don't know if I'm making sense with that, but do you know what I mean? Like, you can, it's so much more important for the future to not just when Steph and Draymond are done to have a completely different team that weren't there. It'd be nice to have guys that were along for those rides so you can keep building as they get older. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, you know, I I really do think that the Warriors in the next three to four years will have another shot at a championship. A hundred percent. But you also have to look past that. I mean, like essentially we're saying, you know, when, when clay, I mean, clay's, I I really don't think that clay and Steph are ever going to play an NBA game in another Jersey. I I really don't think that's ever going to happen. Draymond, I mean, I think that everybody can agree is a little more up in the air. Um, yeah. But, you know, when these guys 
start coming down, right? Like you, you got to have something. And I, I think that's where the, this, these couple picks are going to really help us. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm excited. I think I've been, I've been, the way I've been really been thinking about this is this is going to be the fastest tank and rebuild in history. And um, I'm all for it. How pissed will people be if the Warriors get the number one pick? I just, I can't, I'm, like, it'll be so great to see people lose their minds. Like, you think people lose their minds when the Lakers get jumped up, like, five picks in the lottery? If the Warriors freaking get the number one pick in the draft with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson coming back, oh, my God, it'll be so sweet because everyone is talking shit. Speaking of talking shit, Alex, let's move on to the two L.A. teams, the Lakers and the Clippers. The Lakers are sitting at first in the Western Conference. The Clippers, I believe, are at 7-5 and five in, like, the fifth or sixth slot. I'm not panicking on the Clippers yet, but I'm going to put you on the spot here, Alex. Who do you like more, Lakers, Clippers? So I've been thinking through this, and as much as I want to find a hole to poke through the Clippers, I I haven't been able to do it yet. And I think that I would take the Clippers right now. I, I really think that, you know, they've had this slightly rocky start, I think, a little bit. Like, I mean, mm. they came out of the gate on fire you know Kawhi was averaging plus 30 and I it just seemed like wow this team is going to be unstoppable then Mm -hmm, they kind of deep yeah they're deep I mean it's just amazing the ability to you know take Montrez and Lou off the bench and you know maybe defensively you take a couple hits but offensively they're going to keep scoring in those lulls and I I think that's just so 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 dynamic it's it's, uh, what those two remind me of is I mean obviously maybe a little better version is, is like when the Warriors were first starting and they could bring in Sean Livingston and Mo Buckets and just like Montrez Harrell's a way better defender and a different player than Mo Buckets but those types of guys are so valuable in the playoffs when, when you're talking about having that lull in scoring and that's what the Warriors didn't have towards the end of this run because they had so many superstars so I think that that's what the Clippers have I think compared to the Lakers is they have those guys right I agree. I agree. And and I think, you know, it even reminds me back of just Toronto. You know, you, you bring yeah. Fred Van Vliet off the bench and, and, and he Fred just Van can Vliet. light it up. And, and and I know that you'll have these games where Lou Will will come out and he'll shoot, you know, like two for ten. And you're thinking, man, why are you taking half of these jump shots? But yeah. oftentimes that's not the case. And, and I think once they figure out how Paul and Kawhi are going to play together, which I really don't think is going to be much of a problem – um, they're yeah. just so deep and I, and I don't see them making serious, uh, mistakes come playoffs where as you look yeah. onto the bench past, you know, LeBron and AD on this Lakers team. And I just can't say the same thing. Well, you're, you're saying you don't trust JaVale and Dwight Howard. <laughs> come on. <laughs> if, if Dwight Howard um, was still wearing that magic Jersey, it would be a different story, but, but it, he's a different guy. And, and, and as much as I, you know, all these people are like, well, Kuzma's back. Kuzma's hitting these, you know, big shots. I don't care. I, I think Kuzma's that Kuzma, trash. like at the end of the game in a playoff game, I would prefer Kuzma just to not touch the ball. Just let LeBron yeah. hold the ball the entire time. The, the thing about Kuzma too that annoys me is like I think he's a good player but the idea that he's the Lakers like switch like athletic switchable wing that is just not true he's terrible at defense he's a good shooter but he's kind of a chucker and that's fine but I'm just kind of tired of the whole they look at Kuzma like he's some sort of Jalen Brown 
You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that's not the case. He's a kind of a, a hitter. He's kind of like Lou Will in that way. Hit or miss streaky shooter. I agree. I agree. And I, I think the biggest problem that you could say for the Clippers is going to be their bigs. But I mean, I think yeah. such a great example of this was, was actually the first game of the season, right? The, the that Clippers Lakers game. And as mm-hmm. long as you can have, which I think Zubak and, and Montrez can do, if you can get Anthony Davis to, 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 to catch the ball at about 10, 12 feet from the hoop, then you have at least a better shot. You know, when, when you watch, yeah, when you watch Anthony Davis and he catches the ball on the block, you're screwed. He's going to turn around over. and he's going to score every single time. But if, but if you can push him out to where he catches it in these kind of weird, long two-point areas, you know, he's not shooting that well this year. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's your best shot. But if you're going to, for any team, right, like if you're going to let Anthony Davis catch the ball down there, you're screwed. Yeah, I, I got a follow-up question on that. Do you think if we saw a Clippers-Lakers playoff series, we would see Kawhi or Paul George on Anthony Davis? Potentially, potentially. I, I don't think it would happen to start any series. I, I think that they'd probably let it settle. It'd be an adjustment. Yeah, and, I, and if I was the Clippers, I would say, you know what? Here's what we'll do. We'll let Anthony Davis essentially get his, you know, 35 and 10. But, mm-hmm. and, and and at this point, you got to say, okay, well, LeBron is going to get his too. Like, I'm just so surprised. Every year when I think about the NBA, I think to myself, well, this is the year that LeBron slows down, and frankly, it's just yeah, not happening. Fuck LeBron. It's just not happening yet. I have a quick note about LeBron, because, okay, so you know how he started doing that whole, like, hashtag washed king <laughs> yes. thing? Okay, I shut the fuck up, LeBron. No one thought you were washed. Like, anyone who did, like, you were saying maybe he regresses a little, but in no way, no one thought LeBron was washed. Like, please, if you actually thought LeBron was washed, text me. Let me know. Because it's just LeBron doing his stupid LeBron bullshit, bringing him in attention. No one said you're washed. You're just a bum, LeBron. You are a bum. Yeah, I think Thank you. I, I really felt like most of the commentary coming to this season was actually quite the opposite. It was more of yeah. LeBron's coming back. He's going to be an animal. Look at these training he's videos. Yeah, he's, he's had the most rest since, like, 2002. He, I mean, he's acting like he's like Festus Azili making the comeback. That's not what it is, LeBron. Like you were like one of the top three favorites for MVP. Yeah, it's just he's just such a. It's 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 really tough. And and I I will say, I mean, I think that one of the things that I found to be so special about the Lakers team so far, though, is that LeBron really can make everybody so much better. And so, like, I talk trash on Danny Green. I talk trash on all these scrubs. But then, you know, you see that statistic where it was, you know, the Lakers team as a whole shot 90% on passes from LeBron James, given that game was against the Warriors. But still, I mean, he's giving the ball to players and putting them in positions to succeed. And I, I mean, I don't know. 11 assists a game right now, dude. Yeah. Leading the NBA. Balling out. I just, I want to say that he sucks. And frankly, I got to bite my tongue because he still might just go off in the playoffs. And I don't know. Yeah. He he's good, but I still hate him. Um, yeah, I mean that's a take. thing you mentioned. Yeah, one last thing is you mentioned Danny Green. I kind of feel like I guess Kuzma would have to is kind of in the same boat too. Danny Green looks looks to me like the X factor maybe for the Lakers because if they can get Danny Green hot and making those big threes, it's gonna be tough to keep up with LeBron, AD, and 
Yeah, I mean, I thought that was a really good signing. I thought I think they got some shit for that. But like you said, LeBron makes people around him better, and Danny Green is great at standing in the corner and hitting threes. Yeah. So, and I think we saw that in can, Toronto. I mean, that's like the that was yeah. like the same thing essentially. And I also, this from the Lakers' perspective, I just, I mean, that freaks me out. You know, like it freaks me out to be oh, like, yeah. oh, Danny Green is our guy. Well, I don't know about that, right? And yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I was thinking about this. Do you think that this current Lakers roster? Do do you think that it's the same roster that we see come playoff time? Like, do you think that they got one or two more trades in them to try to find a more stable wing? See, I want to assume that they will probably do something because LeBron is addicted to trading away his teammates. <laughs> um, but with the Lakers, it, they they have to wait till I believe December fifteenth or something to move a lot of the people they signed. Like, KCP would be a player, I assume, if they were going to trade, that he would be one of the people they move. It's just when you look at their roster, it just looks hard for them to to really do anything. Like, I'm not really sure what moves they could make. Like, so Bradley Beal is a guy who wants out of Washington, even though he just got a fat, massive contract. What what could the Lakers, you know what I mean? Yeah, well. They already traded away all their picks. How are they going to, they didn't get mellow. So, like, I don't, I just don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. And and obviously, I mean, they're not going to trade KCP because he's clutch sports. And, uh, you know, they yeah. all stick together and get and get nice contracts so stupid. for shitty players. God, I mean, look at – see, Tristan Thompson, though. I Did you see how well he started this season? Yeah, it's actually quite amazing. I mean, it, it's – talk about a, say talk LeBron about a kind of King. brings him down. Potentially. Some might say that LeBron actually makes his teammates worse if you look at Tristan Thompson this year. I'm just saying. Um, let's move on to the Eastern Conference. Uh, going into the season, I think a lot of people were looking at the Eastern Conference with 76ers and Bucks, with the Sixers getting Horford and obviously Giannis being on the Bucks. The Celtics have gotten off to a very hot start, 10-1, and with Kemba Walker. Gordon Hayward was looking fantastic, and then he broke his hand, which sucks, or broke his wrist. He'll be back in, I think, six to eight weeks, and then there'll probably be a little more time for him to adapt, but... The Celtics look really good. I'm a little worried about the Bucks. Do you want to know why? Uh, yeah, let's hear it. I think Malcolm Brogdon was the second best player on their team last year. Yeah, I mean that was a that was something I felt like the Bucks organization. Um, I mean, I know you talked about this on on a on a previous pod, but you you pay the luxury tax. You just do it. You can't. Uh, yeah, you have like. Yeah, you, you it's just, just do it. Every if you look at every team that's competing into June, they're paying the luxury tax. You do it. You can't, especially with a guy like Giannis. Those types of guys don't come around. Those guys come around like every twenty five years. You know. Yeah. So that's disappointing. Um, and he's killing it on the Pacers right now. But I still think the Bucks are going to figure it out. Giannis is a beast. Um, the Seventy Sixers. Brett Brown already a little on the hot seat, like a two weeks into the season. The Sixers fans are so mad. Um, what are your thoughts on the Sixers? Do you like the Al Horford edition? Do you think they figure it out? What are you thinking? So I really liked it. I mean, when it happened, I was like, this this makes a lot of sense. You know, you you take mm-hmm. a guy like Al Horford who can just absolutely he can stretch he can stretch to the court in a, in an amazing way. And when you have a guy like Ben Simmons running your point, um, it's nice to get a big body out of the paint. 
so that he has a little more room to maneuver. Um, yep. But I was thinking about this, and it almost feels like they have too many options, right? Like you're, you're watching the Sixers games, and you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, at the end of a game, who who's taking the shot, right? And, and obviously that used to be Jimmy Butler. But now you look at it, and it's like, well, I guess Ben Simmons could have the ball in this situation. But, I mean, unless yeah. he can get into the paint, that's not really going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he could give it to a Joel Embiid, but I, I don't think I trust Joel Embiid in that way. And Turnovers. Yeah, it, it almost feels like Tobias Harris becomes that best option, which, you know, for... A, which isn't good. Which isn't good. Which isn't good, right? That's, yeah, I, I completely agree. I like Tobias Harris. Philly, I, I mean, Philly needs one of Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. Not that they're not superstars and great already, but... One of those two guys, if Philly wants to go to the finals, or maybe they won't, maybe they can get to the finals without this happening. One of those two guys needs to really step up, and it doesn't necessarily need to be Ben Simmons knocking down three pointers. It just they need to in the playoffs. They need to be aggressive. If we're looking at Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid as a young, talented duo, like people are putting talk about them historically, well, it's time to show it. Kobe and Shaq, they did it. You know, like, you got to step up to the plate. Joel Embiid, he cried after they lost last year. I like that. You show the fire. So, but I still, for some reason, in a series, I like, I they scare me. They just scare me even though they're so talented. I, I don't know why, but the teams like the Bucks, Celtics, and we didn't mention the Raptors yet, I think those top four, I could see anything happening, right? Yeah, I agree. agree. I agree. I mean, and I, I honestly, I, I really like the Bucks, and I, I like Giannis, but I don't know yet if I'm thinking to myself, yep, I mean, the Bucks are going to walk away with it. I mean, it almost feels very reminiscent of last year, right? Like, even uh-huh. even when you look at midseason to three quarters of the season, I mean, Kawhi and the Raptors were not on everyone's radar yet. You know, like, they were not the team that was going to take it. And when I... They thought it was... Everyone was roasting them. Yeah, yeah. And I mean... It, I mean, I love the Celtics right now. I think I think when I look at players in the East that I think have made such a big jump. I mean, obviously you look at Siakam, but I think Jalen Brown mm. has to be up there in that in that group. Yeah. He has absolutely stepped up. I mean, he looks like a different player from last year. The Celtics, when healthy, are terrifying because, like, if you think about their team last year, they should have been terrifying because they have so much talent. And those two wings, those two young wings, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, those having two young wings like that is just unbelievable. Like it's like, would you, I almost would rather have those two than Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, even though both of those two Sixers guys are better. I'm not saying I would do that. I'm just saying I, like I think about it because the wing is so valuable and they have two great ones. So that's why the Celtics are going to be a factor. And Kemba, we're talking about how the Sixers don't have anyone to take that last shot. Well, the Celtics do. They have Kemba and they have Jason Tatum and even Hayward. But I think Kemba will be that guy. And I think that'll be huge for them. Yeah. And it is just, I mean, night and day watching the Celtics from last year to this year. I mean, I was watching the game last night and, and Kemba goes for, I think he went two for 11 last night, but the way that he orchestrates the offense and runs the pick and roll at the top, um, it's unlike anything that Kyrie did. I mean, Kyrie can dribble the hell out of the ball, but he's not setting up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in successful situations which i think you know can be a serious factor when you look at why these guys are a little bit better um 
But I'll, but oh, I'll ask you definitely. this. I'll ask you this. If you're starting a team right now, would you rather have Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? <sighs> That's tough. I mean, I, I'm i going to say Tatum because I like Jalen Brown a lot. That's why I thought about it a little. But I just think Jason Tatum's offensive ceiling is higher than Jalen Brown's. Um, and... But even though I think Jason Tatum's defensive ceiling is lower than Jalen Brown's, but I like I think Tatum could average thirty. That's why I take Tatum. I, I really like Tatum. I know he had a bad year last year, but give him time. I think with a guy like Kemba Walker too, it'll really help him because Kyrie does all the shit where he doesn't talk to you for like a week or something, and then says shit in the media. And when you're a young guy like Jason Tatum, that's gonna affect you. I mean, look at Andrew Wiggins is playing better this year. Yeah. It, it it like it kind of makes sense that like certain players when you're young and you're developing if you're paired with like a Kyrie Irving or a Jimmy Butler maybe you're not in the best mental position to succeed I know that sounds soft but um yeah that's my take on that uh before we go talk a little western conference Pascal Siakam I mean he is incredible I love watching him play um I when you the feeling I've gotten from watching him this year is just excitement because I know we're going to get some absolute battles throughout the next 10 years between Siakam and Giannis, Siakam and Tatum, Siakam and Simmons. The Eastern Conference top four is going to be really, really fun. Yeah, and if if I was starting a team, right, I would want Siakam over Ben Simmons in a heartbeat. Like, I, I oh, think yeah. that... And Tatum. And, and Tatum, Tatum. All of them, right? Like... There are a few people in the East, other than Giannis, that I that I would want over Siakam. Like I would probably right? take Siakam over Joel Embiid. I would as well. And I think the reason is is that you watch Siakam and part of his skill set is is his length. And he mm-hmm. just seems like he can go get a bucket whenever he needs it. I mean, whether he's shooting a three, whether he's shooting a, a, a deep two, or just taking a body to the block, he can go get a bucket. And... Yeah, and he moves. He likes. He's like kind of like slithery the yeah, way he moves absolutely. around. He can bend his body, and he has that like Draymond Green mentality of just never giving up. But he's also a freak like Giannis. Um, he, I mean, he's a dark horse MVP candidate. I'd say. I don't think he has. I don't think he's gonna get an MVP this year. I just don't think that's gonna happen. Um, but down the line, maybe Pascal Siakam. We're looking at a, a potential MVP, which is. Toronto is, I mean, Masai Ujiri is just doing such a great job there. You lose Kawhi Leonard and basically Pascal Siakam just steps into that role. It's incredible. So never count out the Raptors because they're well-coached and they're a well-run organization. I mean, they're getting to the level where, I mean, when was the last time the Raptors were in the playoffs, Alex? Ten years ago? Yep. Other than last year, yeah. Yeah. So, um... Since my guy Vince Carter... Yeah, so uh, let's move into the Western Conference a little bit, and let's talk about that like second class of teams because I do think the Lakers and Clippers are in that. I think they are the top two of the West, but maybe we're proven wrong over the course of the season. I want to talk to you about the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Rockets, the Trailblazers. I think that's kind of that next class there. Let's start with the Nuggets and the Jazz. So um, the Nuggets I take a lot more seriously than the Jazz because – I guess they were better last year. I'm not a big Donovan Mitchell guy, but I really like Jokic. How do you feel out those two teams? Because everyone was kind of 
before the season, like, ooh, the Jazz could make the finals. Ooh, the Nuggets, don't count them out. They're a sleeper. I would just like to go on record. I'm counting them out. How do you feel about that? Yeah, and I don't know exactly what it is. Maybe it's just geographical, but I, I really bundle those two teams in my mind, like as the 3-4, 4-5 oh, yeah. um, seed. Mm-hmm. And look, I mean, I watched Utah play Memphis last night, and I just there's just no jump between what they were last year and what they were this year. It is exactly the same. Conley hasn't done anything. Conley has not done much. It doesn't seem like Donovan Mitchell is, you know, that much better than he was last year. And I just, I mean, they got crushed in the playoffs by Houston last year. Dominated. And 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 I don't think think it's going to change. The Nuggets, I also, you know, people people are really high on the Nuggets. And I am unconvinced yet. I, I just like, they... They just don't seem like they're a serious contender. They're just a little me. gimmicky. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I mean, especially once you, as you get deeper and deeper into the Western Conference playoffs. I mean, if the Nuggets play the the Houston Rockets, it's like okay, the Houston Rockets have James Harden and Russell Westbrook. How are the Nuggets going to deal with that? Likewise with the Clippers, Lakers, like. The Nuggets and Jazz, I just they don't have the star power. I know Jokic is super good, but um, they're just not on that level yet. And I don't, I just, I don't believe in Donovan Mitchell. I think he's going to be good, but I don't think he's a superstar. And it sucks. And I don't understand. Last thing about the Jazz, I don't understand how Rudy Gobert can be in like a Defensive Player of the Year every year, but you have to sub him out in the playoffs. Like that just seems so. Like yeah, he's a good shot blocker, but every year. In the playoffs, James Harden switches onto him and torches him. What's going to change, Alex? Nothing. And and I agree with you there. I, I do agree with you there. But I also, you know, this is really, a t- I think that one of the more intriguing matchups that if, if we get to see this in the playoffs, I would I would really enjoy it, is to see uh, the Houston-Denver matchup go seven, you know. I, I would love to see that go over the course and, and watch how they, because they're such different teams. I mean, Denver... Denver is so slow, right? They're they're mm-hmm. and and I think that is tough because you know when you look at the NBA, it's changing obviously, and people are playing quick. And Houston will play incredibly fast, but for Jokic to be successful, especially in a half court offense, you have to move slowly. And mm-hmm. with and that that might work perfect against the Rockets. Yeah, and it, and it might be good. I I don't know. Like I I just think that would be such an interesting matchup to see. Um, Russell Westbrook just running around and just jacking up bricks. Um, it'd be great. The Yeah, that you just touched on that. Watching, I guess we'll transition to the Rockets here. Watching Russell Westbrook and James Harden collapse together in the playoffs this year is going to be awesome. Yeah, it's really a... Maybe they, they win the first round series, maybe. I mean, maybe they somehow get to the Western Conference. I don't think they beat... Maybe if the Clippers and Lakers have to play each other earlier, because I don't think the Rockets could be either of those teams. But I just can't wait to see them fall apart, because you know it's going to happen. The Rockets are... I mean, Russell Westbrook is going to shoot them out of games. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. it's going to be fun in the regular season, but I don't... I take them seriously, but those guys... They got to prove it, I guess. That's where I'm getting at. But I don't see. I, I think it'll be a good regular season team. I still think the same exact way about them in the playoffs that I did last year. Yeah, I agree. I think that right now, you know, they're third, second in the West, and that's because James Harden just can score better than everybody else. And you know, it's thirty-eight a game right now. It's just absurd. 
it's just it's 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 amazing to watch um but i always think about the play and and you know me i hate chris paul oh god i hate him oh so this is a a very very neg negative chris paul podcast we we do not stand chris paul oh great okay just i love it so for me and i'm not a huge russell westbrook guy so if we could get chris paul back on the team and watch him all three lose and one just fellow swoop that would be awesome yeah that's where and then, like, teams are made i want lebron after he's done with the lakers when eventually he's a washed bum him to go lose with chris paul that'd be great seeing them lose together yeah yeah, that that would make me it's really feel really enjoyable. Good. As James Wiseman um, is dunking over everybody in that beautiful gold and blue. Oh, it's gonna be great. Um, last thing on the Rockets, is Daryl Morey locked away somewhere? Is he safe? <laughs> Where's Daryl Morey? Is he okay? Yeah. <laughs> Did the Chinese get him? What's going on? Yeah, I think he's probably at his house. I think he tried to come out one time, and LeBron kicked the door down and said, "You stay in here. I got this." The, we're not going to get in deep into the China shit at all. I just do. I have to say this: hearing LeBron James called Daryl Morey uneducated, the, it's just an all-time LeBron moment. Oh yeah, I mean they just they all-time you dumbass LeBron. Yeah, um, th- that's all we'll say. Um, let's quickly check in with. We'll kind of run through these Western Conference teams. We'll start with the Trailblazers. A couple days ago, when I wrote the outline for this, I had: Will they finally make a trade to get a third option? Well, I guess the answer to that was they pick up someone to be that third option, which is going to be Carmelo Anthony. What was your initial reaction to that, Alex? I love it. And it's it's funny you say that because on my, on my note sheet here, I have, quote, will they finally make a trade to get a third option? Next line, Mello. And I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm One, I'm happy to see Mello in the league. I mean, and it, yeah, that, I, that, I didn't think league. that I would be excited about it. Like, I really thought like, ah, oh, it's Mello. I really don't give a shit. But now that I actually see that he's back in the league, I love it. I'm glad. I think that um, Terry Scotts and I, I, what Portland has, they have a strong system, unlike what was going mm-hmm. on in Houston where there just seems to be a total lack of a system. So I think he's going to be fine. And I think that maybe, I mean, it's obviously we're going to have to wait and see. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they need a third option. They need another guy that can go score. And, and Melo might be that guy, at least for a little bit, at least for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and then even if he can't be that reliable third option, it would be really cool in a playoff series. Let's say, like, the Blazers are playing the Lakers to see Melo come in and get some buckets against LeBron or something. That that would be awesome. But we might not be able to see that. But, I mean, Melo, back in the day, people forget. Holy shit, he was so good. Amazing. Just want, wanted the money, though. Um, now let's go to the next team. We have, we have the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Luka, MVP. I don't think that's... I think Luca is going to get an MVP someday. I do not think it's this year, but God damn, he that, he's so incredible. He's so fun to watch. I love Luca Doncic. I will. I really can't say anything bad about him. Porzingis hasn't looked really like back yet in a way. He seems kind of like rusty, I guess, which makes sense. He kind of took like almost two years off of basketball from that injury. But the main thing with the Mavericks is. I think they might squeak in and get like a 7-8 CB because Luka, and Luka is just so fun. Do you have any thoughts on them? Yeah, I, I love Luka. I mean, he played his first NBA game when he was 16 years old. I mean, this guy, you know, you look at him, everyone's saying oh, he's so young, he's 20. Yes, but he's been playing NBA games for four years now. I mean, it's just people really discount. Yeah. I mean, he's played, when he was 16, he was playing against like 30-year-olds in Europe. Exactly. That's, you, that's insane yeah. to think about. And I mean, I know I'm not no 
world-class athlete just to literally think though about being 16 years old and what how tall i was what it's like to be playing against 30 year old grown men i mean luca is tough you gotta like that that's no joke luca is great the mavericks are gonna in the next i mean i think they're another team we were talking about how like the 76ers bucks and um celtics and raptors have these young stars when you look at the west you gotta think Luca and Porzingis will figure it out and maybe get a third star there in the future, and that'll be a very dangerous team. Yeah, I agree. And really quickly on Porzingis, what the hell are the Knicks fans doing booing Porzingis? Boo your organization. Like Yeah, your organization that, was shopping. That that thing I just didn't understand at all. The dude tears his ACL. He didn't like leave the Knicks, right? Like I just uh, oh god, the Knicks are horrible They're and that was just that was sad to watch i thought I, I that was really frustrating to me yeah i mean the knicks fans don't deserve porzingis they freaking booed him when they drafted him and it makes sense that they're going to boo when they see him now. I mean, they're just probably they should just boo each other cuz the Knicks are so bad. They're the worst team in the Eastern Conference. It seems like it every year they are. Every year it's like, "Oh, we have cap space and nothing's going to happen." Daryl or not Daryl Morey, James, what's it? James um, Dolan. What's it? James Dolan. He's still having security kick people out who even like chant fire Dolan or have any sort of sign. He has no self-awareness. He should just stick to playing in his like jazz band or whatever the fuck he does. Because it like, even though I just shit on the Knicks, it would be really, really cool to have a Knicks team be good. True. And in our lifetime, we've never seen it. Never seen that. Like, I mean, I can't imagine what Madison Square Garden would be like in like the Eastern Conference Finals or an NBA Finals game. Because, I mean, on any random night, it's still pretty crazy, even though they suck. So that would be um, that would be um, very cool to see. Now, let's. Uh, I'm going to run through a list of some of these teams that are a little younger, so we're not taking them too seriously this year. Um, and I want you to just give me whatever comes to your mind about them, and we'll kind of roll through this. That sound yep. good? Okay, so we got the Suns. What are you thinking about them? I love it. Like, I, I'm, I'm in for it. Um, I always thought this whole Devin Booker just scoring and scoring and scoring wasn't going to work, but the addition of Kelly Oubre and Rubio, like, I like it. I don't think they're going to be a serious contender, obviously. Even with this team, I don't think they'll be a serious contender. Um, but it's good for now, and I'm glad that Devin Booker's getting a couple wins under his belt. Yeah. Um, to add on to that, it I, I kind of agree. I thought they were, they were going to be in the lottery kind of just permanently, so it's good to finally see some signs of life. The Kelly Oubre trade was great. Rubio helping out. DeAndre Ayton gets suspended, which leads me to the next team I want to talk about is the Hawks with John Collins getting suspended. And before I ask you your take on the Hawks, what's going on with these PED suspensions to two pretty high profile, I mean, not super high profile guys, but well-known guys. I can't remember the last time this happened. Yeah. And when you look at the history of PED suspensions in the NBA, it's a, it's a small list. There's only four or five yeah. players on it. And, and, mo and the, I mean, beyond these two guys, I mean, players that you would have never heard of i don't i don't really mm -hmm. get it i mean uh, I, I don't know the details on how the nba is testing this and if these were just two yeah. examples where it was so blatantly obvious it would have been horrible if they didn't do it um uh -huh. but you know it's part of the game and and i don't think it's like a rampant thing in the nba so i i really don't think that we'll see too much of a significance from it yeah um, but it's interesting yeah, basically what i think yeah, what I take from it is I think all athletes, not in a bad way, are doing whatever they can do to get ahead. 
And so, like, in order to just be, like, the best they can be. And so I bet you Collins and Aiton, I mean, I could be naive and wrong, but I bet they were advised to take something. They completely thought it was fine because you know, they have certain banned substances, but there's always new stuff that will eventually be banned that you can use. And so I, I don't think it was um, – I mean, it's only 25 games. Hopefully those two young guys can get back and going because the Hawks are a fun team when John Collins is playing, mainly because Trey Young has been electric this year. What are your thoughts on the Hawks, Alex? I think the Hawks have a promising future, especially with Trey Young. I mean, he is he is going to revolutionize what they're doing there. Um, I, I, don't, I also don't consider Trey Young to be obviously on the same level as I do Luka. Um, I think that mm-hmm. Trey Young... Um, could potentially be, you know, a second, third player on a on a on a potential championship team. I, I don't think he's going to be the best player. Not I. I really don't think he's going to be a Steph Curry. Um, but but there. But I could see him as a t- two or three guy. I, I totally see that. Yeah, yeah I, I think that they'll 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 need some significant wings, and I don't think the Hawks have mm-hmm. that yet. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's do two more. And then we'll get into the end of the year awards and a little Dion Waiters. Uh, what do you think about the Kings? I'm going to actually group these three teams together and have you rank how bright – or these two teams. I'm going to give you two teams and have you rank their future. So we got the Kings who show somewhat signs of life with Luke Walton, sometimes look really bad. And then you got the Pelicans who have looked terrible, but Brandon Ingram looks good and obviously no Zion. How do you feel about their situations? Um, I would, I think that the future for the Pelicans is brighter. And I I say that because when you look at the Kings, um, you know, De'Aaron Fox is is good on certain nights and in certain situations. Um, Harrison Barnes, I mean, you know this as a Warriors fan, sometimes in big moments he just kind of loses it. Harry. but when you look at the Pelicans, I mean, they they really don't need to do much to at least boost the trade value of some of these young guys. And and Brandon Ingram is really good this year. And and I think that yeah. behind Brandon Ingram, um, you're bringing Zion back, who I mean, I think that we forget is is still hasn't played an yeah. NBA game yet. It's gonna be so great to have him. It's gonna it's gonna change. I completely you know? I forget about him all the time. Are you not worried though? I mean, I guess what. I guess the reason why I put it that way, like, because if you're listening and you're maybe like, why the fuck would you pair, like, the Pelicans and the Kings? I just, I think what happened with the Zion injury is people, some people are forgetting, but a lot of people are kind of just super worried about him staying healthy with how his size and his, how hard he plays. So um, I, too, would rather be in the Pelican shoes. I hope Zion figures it out. But. I'm not. I would. I'm not gonna lie. I do worry about Zion health wise. I mean, look at a guy like Blake Griffin. Even like, it's when you play that way. Even a smaller guy like Derrick Rose, and with Zion, when you're such a big dude, putting all that pressure, I, it's just it scares me a little. Even though I think Zion's gonna be great. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. I think my counter to that is like you take a guy like Steph Curry. Obviously, they play totally different. True. But, you know, True. this is a guy, his ankles were made of glass when he got to the NBA. And he, I mean, other than this mm-hmm. hand injury, he's hasn't had a single injury um, in like four or five years that it's been significant. So I see what you're saying, but I, I don't think I'm too worried about it. All right. All right. And then last thing before we get to um, end of the year awards, and then we'll have some other segments. 
Dion Waiters. I just want to quickly go over this because I think it's really, really funny. Um, so somebody on the Heat gave Dion Waiters an edible. And then he, I guess, it was like a 10 to 20 milligram edible. And he had a seizure on the plane. On the team fucking plane, he had a seizure from a little edible one of his teammates gave him. And then he wouldn't snitch on his teammates. And so now he's like not in, like he's suspended for like how 10 games or something from the team and all activities. I just think it's hilarious because Dion Waiters is a grown ass man. And I, I just wish that I do you think there's any footage of that? Do you think anyone was just like, what the f-? like at first they thought he was like sleeping. And so they like went up to him with the camera to fuck with him. And then they're like, holy shit, what is going on? Like, I, I just can't I can't imagine getting paid millions of dollars. It's just a wild scenario, and he's such a lightweight. That's that's mainly what I wanted to say. Do you have any thoughts on that situation, Alex? My favorite part is just he just didn't snitch on the other person. I just find that to be an incredible <laughs> I thing. I ain't snitching. <laughs> he is, yeah, exactly. He's like, I had a bad day, but I ain't snitching. Yeah. <laughs> Dion Waiters, his island is uh, pretty empty right It is now, sinking. But, um, it is, maybe, the ocean around it is, is rising. It's maybe a buy low option. Um. Okay, let's get into a couple things, and then we'll do... You have a segment on this day in history, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so we're going to go... Right now, I'm going to put you on the spot, and I'll put myself on the spot, too. Um, if you, you had to go, who are your top two for the MVP, right? Like, not right now, but who do you think at the end of the year your, the race will be between? I think it will be between Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think that he will win the award, and I think, as always, James Harden will be there at the end, only because I think that as the season goes on, um, LeBron will, due to load management, probably not have the same statistics mm. that he has now. Um, but I think that the, those two guys, just the, the, the points that they're putting up is just is unbelievable. Yeah, okay. I am going to... I think LeBron, I mean, he would be who I put at one. I think it's just kind of like LeBron's doing the whole storyline of how everyone was saying he was washed, even no one really even said that. I think he, I would put him as my number one right now for MVP, and then I'd put Harden at two. I think those two are going to be competing for it this year because with Harden, like you mentioned, the dude just scores so much. He's going to have the stats to always be in the conversation. What will be interesting is if the Celtics continue to play so well, who on that team will emerge? I mean, I'm not saying either like Kemba Walker, or Tatum, or Brown would be an MV, like a legit MVP candidate. But you know, when you're on a really good team, they always throw that name out there. So that would be interesting. Um, and then for the NBA Finals, Alex, I, as of right now, I think it is going to be Lakers Celtics. How do you feel about that? I think that's interesting. I think that I see where you're coming from. Um, I think one of the biggest questions I have is if Anthony Davis stays healthy and keeps putting up these 40-20 games, um, yeah, I would agree. But I I don't think that's going to happen. I think that the Clippers are going to figure this out. And and I don't know. When when everything is – when things are good for the Lakers, things are good. But when shit starts getting a little tight – and if push comes to shove, I think that LeBron may not get tight, but I don't have that faith in really any of the other players on the team, including Anthony Davis. So, yeah, that that's why I would, I would take I, the Clippers. Um, in the Eastern Conference, 
Um, I'm gonna take the Bucks. I think that this this is their year All to right. do it. Uh, Giannis just no one can stop him yet, and you know he seems very determined to to make it to the finals. And without Kawhi in his way, I think that he can do it. All right, so you got Clippers, Bucks. I have Lakers, Celtics. One quick thing to add on to your argument against LeBron. Um, yeah, the biggest concern is that LeBron James in like a month or two is going to wake up in the middle of the night with a cold sweat and wake up his wife and say, I need to trade all my teammates because he's addicted to doing it. So maybe they have some sort of like rehabilitation thing for LeBron there to get him to stop trading his teammates. But if the Lakers, I mean, the, things are going well right now. Like you said, when things are good, they're good. They lose a couple games before the trade deadline. I mean, maybe he gets into an argument with Vogel. I mean... He, he What does LeBron do? He's good at winning basketball games. He is good at getting coaches and GMs fired. And he is good at trading his teammates. So he's done the first one. We need the other two. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. And so now let's go into uh, a new segment we are going to do here on the Pineapple Couch. We're going to be doing – Alex and I are going to be trying to put out these NBA podcasts every um, Monday – and we're going to be doing this segment every Monday as well. Alex, why don't you introduce it and talk about it? Yeah, so I was thinking about something that, you know, would would get us get us out of the sports world, but also, you know, I think we can circle back in some sports as well. Um, and talk about for each podcast on the Monday that we're going to release it, um, what's something that happened in history on that day? Um, and it can be okay. ranging Ooh. from historical things to film, TV, sports. I mean, we're going to cover a lot of bases here, um, but, you know, a lot of shit's happened. So I think we should uh, talk about some of the more interesting, fun ones. I, I love it. I love to hear that. I um, What what shit do you have for us today, Alex? Because a lot of shit is happening and has happened. What, what, what shit do you got for us today? Okay, so we're going to we're gonna go <laughs> all the way back to 1928. Okay. 1928, what a year. Uh, great year, year right before the Great Depression. So I'm sure it was a, a good year for Live people. it up while you can. Yeah, they, they were loving it. It's what I've been told, at least, from the folks that I know. Um, yeah, I read The Great Gatsby. Yeah, so, so essentially, I'm, I'm pretty sure every single person during that time was uh, essentially living like Great Gatsby. I think that it covered it pretty well. Yeah, it was, it was not fiction. Yeah, our, yeah and Leo, Leo was apparently living in that time, so it was, it was great. He lives throughout all time. That's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. Um, so on November 18th, 1928, Walt okay. Disney releases, Ooh. or I don't, I don't know in 1920 if they use this term, but he dropped Steamboat Willie. Okay. Black and white oh, cartoon film. He dropped, he dropped it. it. Did he dropped it at midnight? He dropped it at midnight on SoundCloud. <laughs> on SoundCloud. <laughs> and it, it just went wow. all, it hit all the charts it was top 10 in all the charts and so was steamboat was that is that his first thing he did so the 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 reason this one was so impactful is that it was the first mickey mouse sound cartoon so it was the first cartoon that you can watch oh. with sound and the reason that i wanted to to bring this one up is that disney is making a resurgence this week right Oh, and, oh, don't even get me started. And I'm now seeing a lot of adults getting back into to these Disney movies. And, and I was it's, – it's, it's really an interesting thing. I, I just don't get it. I'm not a big Disney person. So, you know, I, I can't say I understand it. 
that much. You know, I never watched Star Wars, so I, I don't get it. But uh, people seem to be loving it. Yeah, so here's – I got Disney+. Plus. I know exactly what you're talking about. Here's what I will say. I am not a giant Star Wars person. I do like the Disney animated movies. I think Bugs Life is, like, my favorite. Bugs Life or Toy Story 2. But they have all the Marvel on Disney+. Plus. And so, folks, if you have Disney+, Plus and you don't know this, so they have all, like, the Marvel movies, you know, like the Iron Man, stuff like that. It's great. I love those. But they also have the Spider-Man animated series from 1995. 95 episodes. As soon as you turn that one on on Disney+, Plus, everyone listening, you will remember this cartoon. You have seen it at some point in your life. It is fantastic. If you like the Marvel movies, it's essentially the same stories. Spider-Man's kind of a dick in it, which is great. I love that. Um, so I know that is a completely side note and unrelated, but I, Alex, you gotta check that out. It's great. You know what? It is great stuff. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it. I, I, I don't even and know I, most not, of the Disney not... stuff anymore, but, uh, you know, look, I'm a huge Sweet Life of Zack and Cody guy. So if, if they have, if that. it's on there, yeah, you can even go on, I'm, I'm yeah, on you could it. get Sweet Life or on deck. You could get the, when they go on the cruise ship as well. You got, can options. I get the crossover of a Sweet Life of Hannah Montana? Oh, yeah. They have that. They have all that shit. Dude. All right. My take has changed. I am now pro <laughs> Disney Plus. I think we should Alex. all get it. We are sponsored by yes. Disney Plus. That Wouldn't that be something? What a roller coaster it has been. Um, so, okay. Looking forward to next week's week in history. Um, and, again, we're going to try and do this voicemail thing for this pod next week. Hopefully have one. So, if you're listening to this and you have maybe a suggestion for this day in history, just like to just telling us maybe something or if you want to talk a little basketball send something in or if you don't want to really talk about anything because we're going to wrap it up here before we say goodbye i just wanted to touch on a little music with you alex i know you um have some takes as well i want to just start it off with two quick things um album of the year Uh, no one is going to be surprised i'm saying this it is look out low by twin peaks an amazing album um i Really can't say enough good things about it. The song Oh Mama on that album is legit one of the best rock songs in so long. I mean, maybe, like, I, I, I of all time. It's such a fucking great song. Um, and this year has been very disappointing for me, to go on a little tangent here, because Game of Thrones freaking ripped my heart out. And then, spoiler alert, Iron Man died. And then um, Chance's album wasn't that great. And then Whitney's album, here's my second thing. I didn't like it that much. I mean, I didn't dislike it. It just kind of was like, eh. And so it was very good to have Twin Peaks come through. Um, How did you feel about the Twin Peaks and Whitney, Alex? I loved it. I think that I have a little different take on on Whitney. I think the Whitney album was great. I I think that Whitney is really kind of finding their sound. And And I know that sounds like... Not crazy because it's, you know, when you look at like all of their music they've released, it kind of is that nebulous, um, yeah, uh, melodic sound. But it sounds like in this last album, they really honed in on what that is. Um, so I liked it. I'm like interested to see on the next album if that changes or if this is kind of just what Whitney is and, and that's all we'll see. Um, yeah, well, I'll I'll take your word for it. I'll give it a real listen today. Maybe um, maybe my thoughts will change. Um, and before I get to your growlers take, did we, were you, you liked look out low as well? Oh yeah. Look out low was great. Okay. Good to hear. I freaking love twin peaks. If you're listening to this and you haven't heard of twin peaks, the band, 
I don't know how because if you know me, that's all I freaking talk about. But freaking listen to them. They are great. They You like the Stones? Listen to some Twin Peaks. And Alex, to wrap it up, you said you had something to say about the new Growlers album. We will finish with that. The floor is yours. Natural Affair is one of the best Growler albums that has been released thus far. And I think Ooh. that when people think of the Growlers, they think of this surf rock, right? Mm-hmm. And natu- Yeah, like Hung at Heart. Exactly. That's exactly. Sort of that album was released almost a decade ago. And, and I think Wild. that when you look at Natural Affair, you can see the growth of the band. You know, even on the cover, it's it's the members and their wives. They're making new music. Yeah. To some, I think that they're going to say, oh, you know, this new Growlers album, it's so poppy. I don't like it. But when you look at certain songs like Tune Out and Stupid Things and Great Pulp song. of Youth, I mean, these are incredible songs. It's different. Try Hard Fool. Try Hard Fool. They're growing up, and, and I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Yeah, I um, it was different kind of on the first listen, um, but I have really enjoyed it as I've listened to it more, and I really it kind of clicked in my head as you were just talking. I think you made a really good point. It is like when you look at City Club. So City Club is they're kind of like I guess a little on Chinese Fountain. Um, you see them changing, but City Club is kind of when they initially make this like change away from surfish stuff with the influence of Julian Casablancas coming in. He was a producer on that. And I mean, I still think they work with him pretty heavily on the latest stuff, but this natural affair just kind of looks like an evolution of city club. I really do enjoy it. I think, um, there's just something so comforting about Brooks Nielsen's voice and he's just, it, he's such a great storyteller in his music and that certainly has not gotten lost in their new sound. So yeah, I agree. I really like it. I wouldn't, I don't know if it's, um, my favorite of theirs or one of their best. I mean, I think it, I don't think it's bad at all. I just really like some of their other stuff too. But I mean, it's growing on me day by day. If you haven't listened to that album, highly recommend it. Um, anything else on that, Alex? Nope, that's it. All right. Well, Alex, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, we're going to be doing this weekly. Um, we're going to, I'm going to force Marley to make us some sort of cool graphic to promo this um and yeah if you have any questions again send them to us on twitter i'm at brob stark alex's blue striped shirt right yes, sir very interesting alex but that's why we love you so um alex thanks again for coming on we will talk to you next week this has been the pineapple couch with b rob go bolts see you buddy later Thank you.